Everybody, nice to see you. Quick question to start the program. Yeah. Why don't we start with a quick question? That is Lachlan Cross, 957 Cruise FM in Edmonton, uh, at Lachlan Cross on Twitter. Um, is Aaron Rodgers the dumbest human being in sports? We've had some pretty dumb people in sports, right? Like, and, and, and if you're from Canada, you probably grew up knowing one or two NHL hockey players. Not the sharpest knives in the drawer. Um, but generally speaking, smart enough to shut up over things they don't know, right? Like, you know, most people yeah. would like you and I, where it's like, hey, we meet an astrophysicist, and he's like, What do you know about astrophysicists? I'd be like, Nothing. Yeah. I wouldn't go, well, here's what I know, and here's the problem I have with your profession. So my question is, and not a lot of people do that. Aaron Rodgers does. Is he the dumbest? person in all of sports again i always i take exception to the to the the dumb thing and you and i have like we wade into these waters before i think there's a variety of reasons why you end up on one side of a thought process or another right okay let's be honest if you spend a great deal of time in your youth let's say you're a natural athlete uh-huh. And someone recognizes that that might be the case. And then you start dedicating a certain amount of energy towards that pursuit. I think it can, for some, there are some very smart athletes out there, like wildly smart athletes. For some, it does take away their attention span from school. We were laughing because someone dug up some old Connor McDavid tweets when he was a kid. And all it was was just complaining about how hard school was and how we hated this next test and all this, which is just like that. He's just a normal kid who excelled at hockey and dedicated the majority of his time towards that. And I'm not going to fault him for that. Right. No, but I don't hear you're good at something when you're a kid. Your parents will stream you into that. Yes. Go to school. Go hit baseballs. Go shoot pucks. Go skating. Power skating. Where I think the difference between. I think, say, a kid like Connor McDavid, who's never going to step up to a mic yeah. and give anybody his thoughts on politics or the healthcare system or Probably whether or idea. not you yeah. should get vaccinated. He's just not. So he's sure. not. But I think there's certain types of egos where, and I, I've, I've run into this. I'm old enough now to watch my friends go through and myself go through progressions in life. And I think... There's certain types of personalities that desperately want to be, they, they want affirmation. They want to be known for something other than being like, a, you'd think he'd be okay with being probably one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the game. No, I think he desperately wants people to view him as something other than that. And that's where his ego gets in his way. Yeah, that's, that's, it's where guys that like have been the MVP of the NFL a few times, won a Super Bowl. Everybody tells you you're awesome. You're awesome. You can understand a playbook. You're incredible. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're the greatest ever. You're Green Bay. You're one of the greatest ever. You know what? He's man? like, I am one of the greatest ever. And then someone's like, hey, let's talk science. He's like, no problem. I'm one of the greatest ever. So he, yeah. maybe, maybe those guys, yeah, maybe those guys think it applies to them. And the reason why I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, obviously, 
Uh, Aaron uh, has been banned now from ESPN. <laughs> he was banned today. Uh, new, new story came Oh, out. what's Pat going to do without him? <laughs> Here's the thing. Can, on, Grant brought it story. up this morning when we were talking about it. He yeah. goes, he goes, we're talking about a football player fighting with a late night show host on a podcast <laughs> from a freaking kicker. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. A kicker this with a is podcast. International news. And what it's- are they fighting about? Vaccines, vaccines like, again. Yeah, what is we're here. Wrong with the world that we live in. Well, there's not a lot going on in Aaron Rodgers' world. Like you know, you ACL injury in the first five minutes is a New York Jet. He's out for the whole year. So you know, he's he last year he got in trouble talking about how he was immunized. Remember a couple of years ago, he's in camp and he's like, "I am immunized," and they're like, "No, you're not." And he's like, "Well, I'm in, immunized for other things, just not this." And I'm on the Joe Rogan diet of horse paste and uh i don't know parabolic steroids yeah okay so anyway, micro you know, there there was this thing about um, whatever who cares just like boosting your immune system that they were all science. yeah 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 and I, you uh, know what the problem is the the problem is dean was hang on was vilified as a liar and yeah. a cheat which he kind of accepted and said he's got different opinions and and keep in mind no education in science, but he's got these serious views about science, which, you know, kills me about everybody else, too. But in this case, that was our foray into is is this guy smart or not? Like, you can understand an NFL playbook, but he's like, it's going on about fucking mono, monoclonal antibody, all the stuff that he is not qualified to talk yeah. about. Anyway, that, there's yeah. that. So that was last year. This year, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is on McAfee's show, which is on ESPN. He has and a weekly talking, hit. He does yeah. a weekly hit with them and has now for the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So um, just to bring everybody up to speed. So Aaron Rodgers insinuates that Jimmy Kimmel's name is on the the, the Jeff Epstein private island, pedophile island um, documents that are all being thrown around now. By the way, uh, Doe 174 is Donald Trump. He's a rapist. Anyway. We'll get to that another time, even though it's a massive story. So he insinuates Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile who's been to Epstein Island. Jimmy Kimmel then basically tweets, I, I have never been there. I don't know these people. And that is the most irresponsible fucking shit ever, which it was. And then. Well, there's Aaron more Rogers, to that. I mean, just, that? just so let me just interject. Yeah, 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 yeah. This that's the world that we we live in. Right. And and both sides are guilty of it. Like that tearing down of of the left and the right and that fight between the two and if you pick a side and you jump into these waters and you and you and you vocalize Aaron Rodgers opinion or if you vocalize a Jimmy Kimmel Science. yeah if you vocalize that opinion you get attacked and and so Jimmy's like I I'm getting my family's getting death threats my co-workers are getting death threats you've made my life more difficult to live because of your views and then saying something that is inherently and off like awful to say that he's a pedophile and that he was going to Epstein's Island. You're adding fuel to the fire. You're just making it worse for me because there's people out there that listen to Aaron Rodgers and believe what he says. So that is just, that's, that's massive. Like that's a loss. That's a million, millions of dollars Hundreds worth of, of millions a lo- of dollars lawsuit. Yeah, in today's you're economy, one of the richest hundred million dollar lawsuit, dude. 
You're one of the richest players, one of the most influential players in the game. Shut your pie hole. Jimmy, I think Jimmy's going to go after him. Uh, and the, I think so, the thing too. Is, he, ad- he addressed it. Let me just play you this clip real quick. He addressed it on his show the other night. Here's just a 23-second snippet. He went off. His whole monologue was seven, seven minutes, minutes of fuck, fuck Aaron Rodgers all the way to the moon. Let's watch yeah. 20 seconds of it. This is the best 20 seconds. Yes. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body, is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet, and he, that G made him a genius. It's, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? So there you go. But he'd mocked him before. Yeah, Aaron quite didn't a few like times. him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get that he doesn't like the guy, and he wants to take a shot at him. Pedophile is not a shot. That is, like, fucking serious. And, and I get called this all the time. And don't worry, we're following up. But pedophile is like one of those serious things that everybody hates being called. So um, while this lawsuit percolates. Well, it doesn't matter if if you like it or dislike it. Why is it? I don't get it. I've never understood it. Because it's like the ultimate diss now. Like it's gone from being this sacred thing that's so disgusting that anytime you bring it up hurts anybody who's been sexually assaulted as a child to being this throwaway thing that everybody just calls each other when they don't like each other. Generally speaking, it comes from the right, which is where Aaron takes his views from. Mm -hmm. Let me just play you his apology on McAfee's show this week. Um, Prior to today's announcement that he was suspended, he tried to address the pedophilia comments, which, by the way, were just him calling Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile. Right? That's all it was. It's exactly what he said. Watch, listen to how stupid he sounds trying to tell the world it's not what I meant. Listen, jokes aside, I'd really like to get into this and then just let's just move on. So the history of this, before I get into what I said, what I actually said and how I feel about uh, all that, the history of this, whatever this is between Jimmy and I, this goes back to COVID times, right? And in COVID times, he mentioned on his show uh, jokes about my uh, immunization, which I know you, you also made a little joke about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to get into that whole thing. That's, I've talked many times about that, but I made a joke about that, uh, you know, uh, and the fact that, you know, my own research. He didn't just stop there, though. You know, he, he made a lot of other comments about uh, unvaccinated people, uh, mentioning that they don't deserve treatment. Uh, if they're at a hospital, uh, they shouldn't be given a hospital bed. Uh, he made comments about uh, repurposed drugs that were being used all over the world that have incredible safety profiles um, that uh, that were derogatory. Uh, he, uh, you know, mentioned uh, ivermectin being horse-based and pushed that whole narrative for a long time. He gave a platform to one of the biggest. Uh, spreaders of misinformation during the COVID times, Dr. Fauci. Um, so in my opinion, <laughs> you know, he ripped me about, ripped me about the vax and, and that turns out to be an L on, on many occasions because the vax was not safe and effective. Like we were told that it was in the beginning. Uh, there are a lot of injuries now that we've seen related to the vaccine. So in my opinion, by the way, all of that is untrue. Uh, well, as is his, his estimation of the, the medical tyranny that he's talking about and Dr. Fauci being a spreader of misinformation. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended. But that was an L. 
Fast forward to, uh, again, unprompted. We're talking on our show as we do about a lot of different topics. Somehow the Epstein client list comes up. And I said, it's interesting. And there were for a long time, even still, there hasn't been a list that's been released. There's been one person's, uh, you know, uh, deposition from a 2015 case, right? But we said there's an, there's an excitement to expose corruption. And what I joked about the other day about popping a bottle, there's excitement about when the corruption anywhere gets exposed and people who are accused of these heinous crimes get exposed, that will be nice that we can get this all out in the open. That's not there. So I made this comment on the show whenever that was last year, right, I believe. And then unprompted, he comes out and says that I'm an overly concussed wacko. In my opinion, it seemed like because I believe that there was a list and that there were names on that, right? So... (laughs) I can't even watch it anymore, dude. I, can't. I, I like listening to him swim for for dear life, knowing so, that he absolutely called him a pedophile, Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile, and, and Jimmy even to, said and, it. He, Jimmy even said, "Just apologize." Yeah, that's all you I'm going to forget this. I'm going to walk away, and he and didn't. He wouldn't do it. Yeah, and he wouldn't so, do it. But, that's but, a pride did you thing. Hear, that's an did arrogance you hear the, thing, Dean. I know it's an ego thing. Did you? And you're 100 percent right. Yeah. Did you hear him slice and dice his way through what he's already said and completely misrepresent everything he said that got him into this mess in the first place? Like the the insult, the insult of intelligence, right? To to say that no, here's what I meant when we all clearly heard it. The insult to our intelligence, not just Jimmy's, but ours, yeah. was fucking astronomical. It's like the only thing. Like, like when he said Jimmy made fun of me for being overly concussed. I'm like, well, are you? Because that's the dumbest shit I ever fucking heard. Yeah. A couple of things. Please. One, and I said this when this started, when this battle, I said, ah, Aaron, stay in your lane, right? Throw footballs. Um, Because it felt like he was just trying to troll Jimmy by bringing him up around the, the Epstein list. Yeah. Um, He's he's a comedian. He's a professional comedian, and he's very good at what he does. Jimmy, you can like him. You can dislike him. It doesn't matter. I, I don't care what your opinion is of Jimmy. He's a very good comedian. He's going to go on a show and he's going to tear you apart. Kind of like if Jimmy stepped out on the field and ran some drills throwing a football, you'd kill him. It's just, it's not even going to be a competition. So he's, he's, he's not fighting the fight he should be fighting. Um, And it's funny because we had this conversation a couple of days ago on the locker room, Grant and I, and we were going back and forth and Grant still hold was still holding out some hope that Aaron Rodgers deep down kind of knows what he's doing has picked his side more for controversy, more to get, you know, his name out there likes the attention that doesn't may not really believe it. And is just kind of trolling a little bit. And somebody said, no, 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 he is the Theo flurry of the NFL. And I said, ah, I don't know. I'll hold <laughs> off my opinions on it. But then I saw that is that a yesterday. great explanation for Canadians. If they don't understand who Aaron Rodgers is, he is the Theo Fleury of the NFL. Go so ahead. anyway, I'll, I'll finish. I'll finish quickly here. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. I said, I said when Grant brought that up, I went, Ugh, I don't know. I don't know if it's if it or you know, when the text got, I said, I think Aaron Rodgers actually believes all this stuff, but I don't think he's down the rabbit hole as far as Theo is because Theo's 
man, he is, he's swimming in the, in the bottom of the lake. Right. Um, and then when I saw that, this, this his, his supposed apology yeah, on Pat's yeah. show, he blamed and I watched the whole awkward exchange. Yeah. I was like, oh no, 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 no. He is, he is in those waters. He's yeah, waiting he's, around. He's splashing around with Theo. Yeah. He's Theo got might be ahead of him. He's got to see. Oh, Theo's way ahead of him. He's in the shallow end already. He's done a couple laps in the deep end. He's sitting there drinking. But his, Aaron like, can see him. His, Aaron but Aaron, Aaron's like, feet. wait up, wait up on that paddleboard. I'll be right there in the, in the conspiracy pool. And and it's amazing that these guys say the loud part. Like I, I laugh every time I see a Theo tweet. Like he's blocked me, but obviously we have ways to keep tabs on what Theo's doing and the Jamie Salles of the world. All those people that are still wrapped up in the whole. It's a it's a five G machine. It's gonna ruin your life. Yeah, <laughs> like all well, the other bullshit, dude. But but here's my the thing. problem: is why is are we I, talking about this? Like, why? I, still, let, I don't let know. it go. No, but let but it go. But, but this is the the. I'll tell you why we're talking about it. I'll tell you why you and I are talking about COVID vaccines again. I'm talking about Aaron. Like, let it go, Aaron. Because we're talking about people that they let you play conversations that shouldn't yeah. be nowhere near these conversations, and so people like us have to go. Is he fucking serious right now? Is yeah. he fucking serious? Like I moved on from COVID and this is going to be a very unpopular commentary. I've moved past COVID. I've moved on. I see reports of wastewater. I see reports of like, you know, infections. I see ER yeah, yeah. closures and stuff like that. It doesn't even register anymore with me. And I'll mm. tell you why, because it, it is here. I did what I did. I'm done with it. I'm done beating people up over it. I'm done having yeah. arguments with people over it. And and without that central issue, there are mm, 700 million people in this world. Maybe five to 700 million people in this world would be so fucking bored. They would be they would have no purpose to get up in the morning. <laughs> the only reason that they do is because they're holding on to this shred of hope, like this tiny shred of hope. That maybe they found as part of whatever chat site they're all a part of that tells them not to listen to science or experts. Maybe they found something on the Internet other people didn't. And the idea that they're wrong is worse than death. And this is now an industry, right? Misinformation, disinformation. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so people get paid to keep people misinformed. People get paid to still talk about this thing that is just here now, like the common flu. Even though it's more dangerous. Well, and I think a lot of it too is AI generated as well. Here. A lot, a lot oh, of totally that, yeah. it is. Totally it is. Yeah, a they lot put, of the they, they punch it into a machine and it just, yeah. however it does, it just spits it out. As always, the Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by our friends at FactCheck.io. FactCheck.io. Do you believe the good people at FactCheck are a quorum of software professionals, psychological professionals, journalists? that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact check anything that you read. It doesn't matter if it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information and alternative sources. And there's going to be a weapon button too, where you can turn that information around and put it back out there accurately to combat disinformation. The good people at factcheck.io are right now testing their beta version of their free program. Yes, it will be free for anybody who wants to use it. They want to battle disinformation because it is a problem. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. 
F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. The world's most robust fact-checking disinformation software for news, social media, video, print, anything spoken word. These people are on the tip and they use some of the finest software technology to be able to give you the advantage when it comes to getting agency back in your life, when it comes to information that you read. Go to factcheck.io today for more information. Sign up for the beta test, F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K.io. The Dean Blundell Show is brought to you by factcheck.io. Factcheck.io, makers of the world's most comprehensive fact-checking software, that have been very busy building some software so that you can fact check anything that you read. It doesn't matter if it's got a URL, you'll be able to fact check it. Alternative sources, origins, whether or not it was an organic or inorganic campaign, whether or not you can trust the people that are putting out the information so that you can give yourself agency over information in the age of disinformation. Again, want to beta test their product? They're going to launch it in the next month or two. Go to factcheck.io today. F-A-K-T-C-H-E-K. Back to the show. Yeah. So I think, and it, and it happens in, and it, it catches everybody, right? Like we got caught last week about the, about the um, Stephen Hawking's rumors. <laughs> and I remember I sent you a note and I said, Hey, we talked about that on the pod and apparently it's not true. But I, when I saw it, I was like, I'm in, I'm in. So Although he I- likes to watch little people do hard math <laughs> on a chalkboard that's too high for them. And you and I were both like, okay. I loved it. But I knew when we were talking about it that, you know, the story of Stephen Hawking making, you know, naked midgets do math on a chalkboard that's too high for them to reach as part of his like sexual kink that he got fulfilled on Epstein Island, which we now know is fake, even though we talked about it like it was real. Part of me was like, there's no way this is real, but this is no, 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 no. I was was fully on board. I was like, (laughs) wow. And I don't know what that says about me. It says about the we, potential kinks that are going to come out about my, my kinks. But I was like, all right, not the weirdest thing I've heard. <laughs> I mean, I watched a video last night with somebody doing something really strange, and I had a bit of a boner. It was a guilt boner, but I had a boner. So who am I to judge Stephen Hawkins for... Getting little people to do long math on a chalkboard that's too high for them. Long division with no pants on in a place they can't reach because they're too short. Yeah, I, I, I did. You I see that, that Robin story. Williams video of him making fun of Stephen Hawkins? No, no, what he did at a strip club. Go, no. go look it up. Is it good? Oh my I'll god, watch it. Uh, go watch, watch it. it. I feel like he's been dead long enough that we can make fun of him a little bit. I, I think Hawking. so. I feel well, like we are. When he passed away, we, I shouldn't say this. No, I'm not going to. We'll no, go ahead on. and say it. Go ahead. I already get in enough trouble for what I You say. can't get in trouble here. You know, I'm not going to give you trouble. <laughs> uh, we were like, I don't think, I don't think they put him in the ground yet. And we were making jokes and, and, and it was a sad passing, but it was, it. I think we had, I think we had a Stephen Hawking joke off on the show. <sighs> Because they put him on a coin, so we started to talk about the coin. And what did you say about the coin? I don't remember the jokes. I think you remember the jokes. You don't want to tell them. I I think that's what we're dealing with. There might have been one about Peter Frampton. Remember the? Because he uses that voice box. I think I had. I think I worked that into a joke. You know what? You got to laugh. I hope to God that when I die, yeah, people spend 
an inordinate amount of time making fun of my, my life my and what I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's dude, uh, I'll be there. I'll be there making fun of you. Yeah. I'll be there laughing at you. There's a good chance that you and I are both going to live to hundred though. You know that, eh? Probably. Which will really upset some people. It'll really upset a lot of people in Edmonton that you're going to live to be a hundred, especially people that hate your show. And it'll really upset a lot of people that there. don't believe in science or, you know, fact-based reality that I die too. So can I say this to like a hundred? Yes. Can I, can I say this about the, the, the COVID thing? Cause it's funny that this is a conversation right now because in my house I'm dealing with it. And the, the wife and I are going to uh, Mexico in February. And we, uh, we haven't had a, sh we, we did all the, we did all the shots and the boosters. So we had three, three vaccines and I don't care. You can judge me. I, 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 I have no problem. I've said it on this, sh the show, this podcast, I've said it on my other show that I, that I got vaccinated and I don't care if you didn't. Um, and the fourth one I got on the weekend. And the reason why is because we're going to Mexico and I, and I, I'm just, I was appeasing my wife, if I'm being honest, because she thought that we should get them. So I went, okay, book us an appointment. But the funny thing was, was we had a conversation about whether or not we should tell people. And I'm like, why are we doing that? Like, she goes, are you going to talk getting, about this getting on your another, show? Getting a booster, you mean? I'm like, I don't. But that, that was legit conversation because. Are you getting a booster? No, I got it. I got it on Saturday. Nice. I don't. And I one. and I reacted. I actually had a uh, the, earlier in the week. I I think I had a reaction to it because I there was a day there where I was just like massively nauseous for like. Oh, you four should tweet hours. about it. Well, about it. again, I didn't, and I didn't make a big deal about it. And my wife thought we should get it, so I was like, "All right, let's go." But we're in a weird time where. I, I feel like if you don't want it, and that this is the mistake that I think we did make on the other side of the coin, on the if you dip your foot into the Aaron Rodgers conversation, I don't think we should have made people feel bad for deciding not to. And that because was they're always making you my feel bad for deciding to do it. No, and I don't think saying. you should feel bad for getting it done too, being being um being somebody that wants to get the vaccine. Um, and, and that, that doesn't, that, that didn't happen. It's the same thing with the mask conversation. Like I told you, I went to Vancouver and I, I get sick almost every time I get on a damn plane, which is rare, but I always just, catch you're cold. just eating recycled air from like, you so, know, a hundred other people. When you get so on when the mask thing came around, I was like, when we travel, I'm going to put a mask on. So I put a mask on and I was one of like a handful of people. And I'm like, you could feel the people like you can you can feel the judgment and i'm like i i don't think if i want to wear a mask or if you don't want to wear a mask i don't think i was i actually i and i had a little bit of a cold when i went down there i told you and i thought okay i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna work but there's that thought process in your head about are people gonna judge me do i should i not wear the mask or oh you still care you still care about what other people think but that's wrong why are we? That's a what, you thing. Why do we do that? Well, because we're fucked. It's generally it's generally why. It's because we're fucked. Like uh, we've been forced to fight each other over this idea it's that weird. you can get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. And then you're right. You know, when we see 
this enough where we're talking about personal responsibility and someone will tweet. And I get this like a hundred times a day. Someone's like, shut up and go get another booster. You elderly lesbian. I got that today. That was actually, that you do look a, a like an elderly lesbian. I am. I am an elderly lesbian at 50 and I like women. I am an elderly lesbian. <clears throat> That's what they said. I started laughing. Yeah, and the person called me a pedo too. And I'm like, I don't even care about that part. It's the elderly pedo that made me laugh or the elderly uh, elderly lesbian that made me laugh. Um, you do look like you could date Ellen. Probably could. She'd probably be into me. My skin's very soft, even though I'm a man. I'm a very soft person. Um, but I think it, 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 for a couple of reasons. One is, is that people are taught, like, learn behaviors. Oh, we can weaponize this. We can mock people for not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know what I heard in the Aaron Rodgers thing that you're kind of repeating as an overarching theme, which I think is fucking hilarious, is... Grown ass people, grown ass men going, you made fun of me, so I'm going to make fun of you now. Right. You got me, so I'm going to get you. You got you made fun of me, so I'm harboring this resentment. and I'm going to bring it up at a later date, call you a pedophile on a Pat McAfee show and get my dick suit off and lose my job. All because these people on both sides, everybody does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It's both. Aren't their own individual. They don't they They can't figure out like, oh, okay, this is what I stand for. I'm okay with it. And if someone else mocks me for it. I don't know about that, uh, Dean. I think, I think Aaron Rodgers thinks he is being unique and being true to himself, and and that's well, they, and that's part of the reason why he's so he's a fucking moron too, right? But but I think that's part of the reason why his ego's been so hurt is because yeah. I think he thought that he was doing what he thought was right for him, and that if and and that the world. Or even yeah, a, a but then he the lied about it. You know, he lied about it at first that's, where he's like, that, are you immunized? He's like, I'm totally immunized. And then everybody mocked him for lying, not for not being <laughs> vaccinated. Like, that was the thing, right? They mocked him for literally lying in front of 200 million people on a yeah. Sunday afternoon after a football game. Yeah. Where he's like, hey, are you vaccinated? Yeah, I'm immunized. Kurt Cousins like, didn't get vaccinated. No one says a word about it. You know why? Because he's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, and he, he walked away. Lie. He yeah. was honest about it. Yeah. And same thing. Like, think back to the steroid era, right? If you think back. To That's the a big lesson era, for everybody. Just totally. like, let's Aaron Rodgers is being mercilessly mocked and is actually the face of the anti-vax movement. If yeah. there is a face. Because he, and he gets And he gets picked on constantly on late night television shows. Well, because because he idiot. couldn't be. He could not be truthful with the with the general Correct. public. Correct. Kirk Cousins stepped up to a mic and said. I didn't get it done. I don't believe in it. Yeah, great. Good for you. Don't care. And Same everyone thing with, forgot about it and moved on. There's yeah. power in truth. There's power in being honest. Totally there is. And it it it's uh it circumcises anybody else's anger, right? Like when you say, yeah. hey, listen, I here's the truth. This is what I believe. I can sit there in a conversation with someone who can tell me their truth, which is completely different to mine. And as long as it's the truth, I'm like, ah, good for you for standing up for it. I completely disagree with everything you fucking said, but my values are different than yours. Had he done that, I mean, no one would mock the guy. You just go, ah, oh, yeah, he's just not vaccinated. You treat him like Kirk Cousins, only a way better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, which is unfortunate. But I, I take this back to the steroid area. One of the greatest lessons of the I steroid era. I hope I have era, that right. I hope I'm not. Kirk Cousins, you do. Kurt, he, okay, yeah. I, I wasn't. No, you nailed it. Um, okay. But do you remember when Andy Pettit, Roger Clemens, both around the same time, both got outed for steroid use? Remember yeah. that? PEDs, yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. And Andy Pettit, did something very different than Roger Clemens. Andy Pettit was like, yeah, I used it to get better. Totally. No, I shouldn't have. I apologize. I used it to be a high level. Performance and his name guy. never gets brought up. 
nobody talks about Andy Pettit being a roidhead. He's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens was way better times ball player. He's way better baseball player. <laughs> Five Sun Young Awards, right? Yeah. He lied. Pete Rose is no longer allowed in any major league baseball stadium. Won't be for the rest of his life. Banned for life. If he can get banned for gambling, what do you get banned for? Lying about the gambling. Mm -hmm. So when we sit here and we talk about people that we mock in this time frame, those are the people I mock. You decide that you don't want to get vaccinated. That mm -hmm. is entirely your business. Uh, I will draw an opinion of you as an intellectual person or non-intellectual person based on what you choose to do with yourself. But which I, gonna, which I, which I worry about I, well, because totally, I don't, but I'm not going to verbalize it like, you know, at a dinner party, if someone says, but if they come after me for it, game on, I'm just on very public that. social media platforms. <laughs> no, dude, I don't even talk about it. Like I tweeted a couple weeks ago. I'm like, I don't know why you people are still talking about vaccines, but unless they can talk about the vaccine, they've got no springboard into any other way to shit post you anymore. Right. So it's one of those things. And they've lost yeah. that argument a long time ago. But when I go back to why we hate Aaron Rodgers, why the rest of the world hates him is this grown man's harboring resentment for everybody mocking him for lying. Which and is he wants sad, to make it about vaccines. I was a fan. I was a big I was fan of Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was a great football player. I loved watching I his games. Super cool. Too, I was up until he lied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. funny. He yeah. was kind of irreverent at times sure. when he was on the mic. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I enjoyed him. It, it's disappointing because he's turned out to be such a dink, right? Like, <laughs> yes. he really has. And it's like it's, you know, there's old old like uh, theory where it's like never meet your heroes. I've met a couple of my heroes, and I've been really, really fucking fortunate. Like, really fortunate. Like, I have partied with Wayne Gretzky, one of the greatest nights of my life. Met my hero. He is unabashedly, if you said to me, Dean, who's your hero? I'd be like, other than my dad and Lachlan Cross, Wayne Gretzky. I'd say Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky was my childhood hero. Oh, I grew up goring over box scores, looking at how, like, four points, six points last night. What did he get? He was doing these things that were unbelievable. My dad took me to games when I was a kid. That number 99 on the back of his jersey was so huge at Northlands Coliseum. I couldn't believe it. I've got so much Gretzky memorabilia in a vault somewhere. I, uh, I, I shudder to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, massive, massive Gretzky head. Always have been, always will be. So I get a phone call one night. And they're like, hey, uh, my buddy James Dodds worked at TD. We did a bunch of work for TD back then. And he's like, hey, listen, I got Gretz in a suite. I want you to come and watch a game with us. And I'm like, no way. <gasps> you mean like not Keith, right, Wayne? <laughs> Like, it's just one of those, I got Gretz in the box, and it's like Lisa Gretzky, the politician. I'm like, no. It's like, no, Wayne. His Wayne's brother here. that owns a used sports store. Yeah, in Brantford. Please tell me it's not Keith. Or Lisa. Nothing wrong with Keith. <laughs> sure, he's a great guy. And he's like, no, Wayne will be here. He never made it out of the A, though. No, no. No, he didn't. No, he played like one game in the NHL, had one point. And his name is in the record that. book. Remember that? His name is in the record book as because he is now with Wayne. They're the highest scoring brother duo in the history of the NHL. He's got one point. Guys, he's like 2,492. So together, they're like 2,493. <laughs> anyway, I, I, my, my love for Wayne Gretzky abounds. So I meet this guy. Walk into the suite. Go to the – and I'm nervous, right? I get to the Air Canada Center at a Leaf game. I've got my, my – he emails me the ticket. I'm like, great – can't think, go up to the suite. And I walk to the suite and I walk in, and the first person I meet is my hero, Wayne Gretzky. As a child. Did you cry a little? I was stunned. I was like, 
He's a little shorter than me. He's got a smile on his face. He's got a Coors Light in his hand. Eddie got a Neo couple of beverages in him. Yeah, he yeah, he's a drinker. We had a couple of beverages together. Responsible beverages. So anyway, I'm sitting across from him. And we start talking. And I'm like, dude, it's a pleasure to meet you. It was really nice to meet you, too. James says nice things about you. Can I get you a beer? I'm like, sure. I'm like, my hero is getting me a beer. This is incredible. Hands me a pint. Introduces me to Eddie Mio. I start in about being a kid. I start reminiscing, telling him stories about when he did certain things where I was. He starts telling me about what went into those moments, like his 50 and 39. He tells me all about it. Then he starts talking about Ace Bailey. Then he starts talking about leaving home at 17. Then he starts talking about Andy Mogan, Yaroslav Pozar. Then he tells me this long-winded story about Mark Messier. Then he goes down to do like this, this interview at, at, between you know, Hockey Night in Canada. Then he comes back up, and he's like, Dino, I wasn't done telling you this story. So then he tells me the story. Then we go to the Royal York after the game is done. And then he regales us in story after story. And that was the one time I'm like, oh, my God, I met my fucking hero, and he was better than advertised. Now I did see him the next day, and he did not remember very much of that evening. However, I remembered all of it. I stopped Every drinking minute because I was like, I am literally partying with my childhood hero, the yeah. greatest hockey player to ever fucking play the game, ever, ever. But he was ever. just a good dude. That that's... And he was awesome. And I yeah. watch him now. He's got these different opinions. Like, I know he's, I don't know if he's a Trump guy. I know he hangs out with Kid Rock. And I'm like, I don't care. That is my childhood fucking hero. That is my hero. When I met him, he was fantastic. I don't know anybody that has ever met Aaron Rodgers. I'm reading stories about players that like that are talking about him today. They were like, dude, I was so excited to go play like Greg Jennings. I was so excited to go play with him. We were in Green Bay. He treated me like shit. He, he, Greg Jennings told a story in the news today about how Aaron Rodgers in the middle of a game walked over to the San Francisco bench and, and said, why don't you take my receiver and put him on your team because he's shit right in front of Greg Jennings. And then all these other stories about players that will play with him saying how they treated him like shit. He would make fun of them, make really? fun of the race. Oh, yeah, 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 that. yeah. I have never heard one of those stories. And I've heard stories about people that have spent time with Aaron Rodgers said he not only is he aloof, he says these dumb fucking things and treats people around him like they're shit. He uh, only kind of centers on the most worse. important guy in the room. It's almost so worse than being an get. anti-vaxxer. I think it might be. Yeah. yeah, that he's also a huge dick. But I've never been the the jock sniffer. I've got a couple of pictures because I mean I've got I've I've had a chance to meet some people uh, that I've revered, and um I I I always have that moment afterwards where like a, a couple of times my my wife will go did you get a picture and I'm like oh shit no I, I didn't and and I met some people that have been in this business as long as I have and they got like walls of pictures of them with famous people from interviews and stuff like that I, I found that um the people are just they're just people. And when you put them up on a pedestal, quite often you get in a room with them, you sit down with them for, for a moment, it, they will very much disappoint you. There's a handful of people that I put up on pedestals and, and I've met. Uh, one of them was Eddie Vedder uh, from Pearl Jam. And I had a really cool afternoon when I interviewed them for the world album premiere of um, one of their records. Alan Cross and versus Chris Dunbar. No, I didn't Duncan. do versus that. Chris Duncan. Jeff Duncan. Woods was there. Woodsy. Woodsy there does these all, all the, the time. Heads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was on that list of guys. I mean, and if if Alan Cross turned one down, by the way, we're not related. If Alan turned one down, I would get one. And I got that binaural record um, that was released in the 2000s. 
and I got flown to Seattle and I hung out and it was unbelievable. And I, I had a real moment with, with, uh, with Eddie and I had a certain amount of time with him and we were sitting there chatting and I was rolling tape and, um, and his press, the people that control the, the thing kept coming in to interrupt, to say it was over the time. And he kept waving them away, which I thought was kind of cool. Cause we got into it. We t- started talking about being fathers with, with young kids and, and, and how it was changing him and, and, and that kind of a thing. I met Wayne quickly and, but it was really awkward. And I'll, I'll tell you this story. And I didn't know at the time that his dad was slipping a little bit, but Walter did, did Walter write a book? His, um, his old man might've, I don't I know. Have a feeling he was, he was on tour with his dad and they were promoting a second. book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walter Gretzky on family hockey and healing by Walter Gretzky, random house. Canada. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. Um, and they came to a radio station I was working at and they were interviewing with, uh, with Walter was on the show and it wasn't involving Wayne. Like it, Wayne was like, I'm bringing my dad by. And he was traveling with his dad promoting this book. I'm pretty sure it was the book that Walter had released. And Wayne was really nervous. And, and, and somebody said something like in the entourage, cause they were, they were rolling like five, six deep. Somebody said, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. But he was really nervous about his dad saying something on the radio. Because Walter kind of shot from the hip, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think he he did slip a little towards the end. And so um, Walter was, or Gretz was nervous in the back. And he was like doing a little pacing and we had the radio on. So it wasn't one of those moments where I could actually have a, 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 a conversation with him. So unfortunately my experience with Wayne is very, very different uh, from yours. You, dude, you got I, to party I know with Walter too. Yeah. Yeah. I know Walter. One too. of your He's best stories. Yeah. One of your best stories I've heard is you partying with, with Tommy Lee from Motley. Oh, see. And again, meet now. They say never meet your heroes. I got lucky times too. Tommy Lee comes down. We do an interview. <laughs> the interview goes incredibly well. This is like 20 years ago. And he put out this terrible album. I'm like, it's really good. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> rap album. <laughs> it was so awful. He's like, thanks, bro. Anyway, we, we interview and he stays around for the whole morning, right? The morning show. And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's great. So he's like, bro, we're going to go for dinner. And I go, yeah, yeah, call me later. So fuck, my phone rings and it's Tommy Lee. And he's like, bro, we're having dinner down at Brava. You got to come down. I'm like, okay, yeah. Of course, I'm gonna fucking come down and have dinner with Tommy Lee. I walk in, he sees me, he yells, "Dude, you come over." We sit down, and he's like, "We're doing shots of Jack." Now, when the drummer for Motley Crue tells Says, you you're doing shots of Jack, and I'm like, "Guess what you're doing?" And 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 my ex-wife at the time, she's like, "Can you get me home for dinner?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be home at like nine o'clock." No, that never happened. I didn't get home till four o'clock in the morning. Um, anyway, long story short, so we start drinking Jack, and we have dinner. And he starts regaling me with stories about groupies and road trips and what Vince Neil did to him to get him arrested and how much he fucking hates Vince Neil. And that was a story in itself. He just got picked up for him and Pam got in the fight, right? It was like a big thing. And he's a, a domestic abuser. And then he's on like all kinds of bail conditions. He and he and Vince get in an argument on the plane. They they get off the plane, go through customs. Like Tommy Lee just punched me. So they arrest him right there. No way. <laughs> What yeah, a totally. dick. So, but we go from bar to bar. We end up at this place called Church Bar. Two big chairs, just he and I. And and I not ashamed of the story. There's like 50 I women hanging coming. around, hanging around with us, like at least. 
and I and I can't move because I'm hammered. We're smoking pot. I'm I'm like I'm, I'm fucked. So he's like, I gotta go pee. I'm like, me too. I've been sitting down for I don't know how long. I've just been drinking beers. So we go into the bathroom, and this is the story that you want. He pulls his wiener out, which is world famous, and I pull mine out. He goes, you want to see my penis? I'm like, no, I'm okay. He goes, you want to see it, dude? I'm like, no, I really don't. And he goes, look at it. He turns and he gives me the old side. I go, yeah, I've seen it before on TV. It's a big wiener. He's like, let me see yours. I'm like, no, no, I'm all shy. He's like, come on, bro. Let me see Oh my God. Come on, bro. Let me see it. Let me see your dick. I'm like, no. I was I in the pool. So he leans over because I won't show him my wiener. And he leans over and he's like, and I still to this day, these words haunt me because I don't know what he meant by them. He's like, way to go, bro. Like, I don't know if that was like, that was like a, oh, it's too bad near you. Or, or if it was like a way to go. Like, I still don't. Like I'll wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night and wonder what he meant. Twenty yeah, years later. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because he honked a boat horn with his, and I'm thinking you're probably going, "What does that mean?" You and can Heather drive. Locklear. You can drive and, and, a watercraft with yours. What are you saying about mine? Yeah, and mine is very ambiguous at the moment compared. To I yours, did have but. a couple of surprises. I've had some letdowns too. If we're going down memory lane here about famous people you've met. Yeah, worst person you met. Worst letdown. Uh, oh sh! I used to get into fights all the time with Matt Good, Matthew Good. On a like, okay, hold he, it, hold he it, was hold a, it. Are we yeah. are we talking about famous people still, or are we talking about Canadian? Well, musicians? I mean, he's fairly famous, and he's I love him as a musician. I, oh, I always loved Matt. Apparition's Good. one of my all time favorite songs. That is, and that's one of my favorite records too. Mm. That that that's off of. Um. Yeah, I've always had a soft spot for his music, but I met him a couple of times. I met the Black Keys, and they not were clearly not dynamic. into it. No. no, and they, I, I was so wildly disappointed by the Black Keys, and I'm a huge blues fan. I'm a huge Black Keys fan, and I was kind of excited and a little bit nervous. And they came into the room, and the drummer was a just a cock. Um, and so that that disappointed me. One of the ones that I was really surprised about was, um. I got a chance to interview Metallica and, and I got the note from, Lars? I think it was Warner. What's that? Lars, James. Hetfield. Hang on. I was begging for Hetfield. I'm like, give me Hetfield. They were doing a show in, um, in Winnipeg. And they said, we've got 15 minutes. Oh, they gave you the bass you're, player, didn't they? You're, no, hold on. Right. Trujillo I've interviewed and Trujillo is a fucking great kid. Yeah, he is. He's really yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Not nice guy. overly exciting to talk to. Like no, Lars no. is the guy you want to talk no. to in that band. Well, yeah. Well, hold on. That's the All point. Right. James, they they said no. Lars stepped up, and um, I had a very strong opinion about Lars. Right? I always thought he was the troublemaker in the band, and and, and anyway, um, I, I, I've seen some kind of monster. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And at the end of it, I was like, that was that was so cool. He was such a good guy, so engaged. It was an unbelievable interview. Mm. I, I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed Lars. The other one that that kind of blew me away, but very soft spoken. I was so surprised at how nice Slash is. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the greatest interviews oh I've ever done has been with him because he's so kind, so nice, so easygoing, God, and so open. I'll such tell you a anything. good guy. You know who else is like that? 
Dave Grohl. That's another one of my favorite interviews of all time. Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, the I interviewed... worst interview of all time, Martin Short. One of the biggest assholes you'll ever meet in your life. Really? Um, who's the question. guy that does the Canadian um, uh, Jeopardy? Yeah. Uh, that Canadian. What do you mean? Family Feud? Or Family Feud. Um, Jerry D. Jerry D. Not good. You I didn't like him? No, not at all. And they offered me him again because they're still trying to promote that show. And I said, no, I, I don't want him back on. Really? He was all, he was not into it. Man, and it I'll, was, tell you, I'll tell you what. I, I've known that man for 20 years. Incredibly good guy. Very nice. Really? Person. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you yeah. know what? Yeah. I've heard mixed reviews about him, but um, who else have I interviewed that was good? I'm trying to think. Probably nobody. You know who I had Kings a really Leon, good interview with? Terrible interview. Kings Leon. Who? Awful interview. Kings, Kings Leon. Leon. Yeah, they, yeah. I think Awful. they smoked too much weed. Uh, oh, Chris Cornell. I interviewed great him. Great interview. Um, he is. He was unbelievable. Uh, that was another world album premiere that I did. And they flew me down to Los Angeles and I interviewed. I interviewed them in a hotel room. The 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 boys from Rage uh, minus Zach and um and uh and and chris cornell and it was that was that was a moment for me in my was audio slave audio slave is great yeah that was audio slave you're talking about yeah. i will tell you this and i'll end you i'll end with this ozzy was last. cool ozzy was, was funny nice he's exactly like you want him to be yeah yeah just easy he's so out of it that he doesn't even know he's like yeah whatever man I'm he was pretty sure. clear for me well he was awful for me okay <clears throat> So this is in 2001, 2002, OzFest, kind of bringing it all together. We do a promotion with Lincoln Park. And you're like, you're going to take some winners, and you're going to go have dinner with Lincoln Park with these winners, and then you're going to go to Palladium. So I start hanging out with these guys. Mike Shinoda, Chester Bennington, RIP. Maybe the nicest guys you'll ever meet in I've heard that. your life. Like, want to have fun, interested talking to you. It's like they're meeting new people. They weren't meeting fans. They were meeting friends. So we start talking, we're playing, we're playing video games. Chester's like, dude, this morning on your show, we were talking about Sopranos and you said you had season whatever. It was like season six or season seven at the time. I don't remember. He goes, do you have it on VHS? I go, I do. And we're ham- we're drinking. <clears throat> and he's like, can I have it? And I'm like, I haven't watched it yet. And he's like, I'll give you $5,000 if you give it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want your money. Although that would be nice. So I'll just give them to you. You can send them back to me. He goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, where are they? They're at home. So he leaves, comes back four seconds later. He's like, let's go. Are you so, kidding me? <clears throat> no, it's like 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. We load into the limo. We drive to my place, which is in North Toronto. <clears throat> about 20 minutes. We've got drinks. We're talking. Chester's telling me about all the people that he's met and what his life is like the way it used to be, where they got the name Lincoln Park. He's asking me about my kid at the time at a one-year-old who's now 24, right? Yeah, you're dating yourself. The yeah, VHS yeah, yeah, was, a, was a giveaway, too. Yeah, yeah. It was on VHS. It's on tape. There's these tapes. There's a box set. A box set. Yeah, remember that? So I go, I'll be right back. Chester and Mike Schnoder are like, no, we want to come in and meet your family. It's like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> I'm like, for real? He's like, yeah, I can come on in. So I lived in this townhouse. You go in the side door, walk in. My ex-wife meets me at the door. She's like, what are you doing? It's like 1130 at night. You've been gone like for 10 hours. I'm like, just partying with Lincoln Park. She goes, is that who these guys are? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, I love their music. I go, right? So anyway, they come in. Chester's like, Great hey, I'm music. Chester. She's like, oh, I'm, yeah, I won't say my ex-wife's name, whatever. Michelle, fake name, whatever. Oh, hi, I'm Mike Shinoda. Oh, I'm Michelle. 
nice to meet you. I go, guys, be quiet because my son's sleeping. He goes, you got a kid? I'm like, yeah. How old? One. Where is he? So I told my son this this year. Mike Shinoda and Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park went into my son's room to watch him sleep for like two minutes. They watched my son sleep while I went and got the box. Probably a dose of normalcy, right? On the road. Like it's so chaotic. Must like it's kind of, this is a really cool story. So many questions about having kids, what it was like. Ah. Then they're like, "Do you have any beer?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got a fridge full of it." So we sat around and drank. Limo guy waited an extra hour. Then he went in. They took pictures on. They had cameras with him at the time. Took pictures with my son while he's sleeping in his bed doing one of those. Took pictures of me, and then they left. And I never talked to either of them again, ever once. Emailed their manager. I'm like, hey, can I get that box set back? Guy's like, yeah, you'll never see that again, dude. We're in like Mississippi. You're never going to see that box set again. It's gone. I'm like, no, no worries. That was it. But that was, again, Meet Your Heroes. Very fortunate to have met the, those young men at that time when they were just breaking out. They were in town for OzFest. It was 20, yeah, it was 23 years ago, 22 years ago. For me, yeah. when I meet somebody, I, I, I just, Again, because I'm not a jock sniffer. I'm not looking for the picture. I just know that that's just a guy that just excelled, got lucky, does did well at what he, you know, and and has some ounce of, of fame for whatever it is, for hockey, for music, for, for whatever, for acting. And I've met quite a few people. It's the ones that seem to think that they deserve something. That's that's the ones that bother me. Like, I, I was really disappointed with Gene Simmons. I'm sorry, from Kiss. I've never oh, yeah. been a big G- a Kiss asshole. fan. Yeah, he's really just, one of the best worst interviews you'll ever do, too, right? Because yeah. he just wants to make you feel like shit from the second the interview starts, so he can have the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, you can see him, and and he's and he's eyeing up the room when he gets in, right? Like yeah, you can yeah. see, yeah, yeah. He's terrible human. You had the same experience. Awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We interviewed him about the the, the Toronto Indie when he came to town to be the Grand Marshal for the Toronto Indie. Yeah, and um. And I asked him a question, and his answer was, well, if you had done your homework prior to this interview, you would know the answer to he that He did question. something you like that to me, it. too. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, God. And I remember George... saying to him, that's the purpose of a fucking interview, Gene. And he's like, this interview's oh, over. I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. Um, Dan Aykroyd um, was interesting. I did, I did an him. interview. With, I like Dan. I was on the phone with him. and Very I, odd. I, very esoteric. Like, no, you know, you'll ask him a question. He'll go way over there with it. Oh! Like, I don't know what you're talking about. We dude, had a 20 minute conversation. I think I asked one question. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was there to talk Mufon. about his tequila. Yeah. And, and so, we did with not me. talk about crystal, tequila. He was there to talk about his crystal skull vodka, vodka and he starts talking about UFOs. The vodka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I even got told not to bring it up. Yeah. And I'm like, and I didn't he, really bring so it up. I. So did I. They're like, don't bring up MUFON. Don't bring up UFOs. Just bring up the, the vodka. I'm like, so Crystal Skull Vodka, let's talk. He goes, before we do that, Mr. Blundell, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about MUFON. There are aliens among us. We didn't talk about the vodka once. At the end, I came around. I'm like, so that's Dan Aykroyd's vodka, Crystal Skull. Get it anywhere. You can get booze. Was Same experience. Same thing. Yeah. Why don't we, ever, don't we bring never up- talk about ourselves? You know what I realize that? Well, you do. You talk about it all the time. I never I talk about I am hyper-focused on myself, and I find I like to draw the conversation back to me. <laughs> I don't know what that is. And if we're visiting, I yeah. will try to get you to talk about what I want to talk about. But I don't think I'm a selfish person. No, I don't think so. Uh, someone asked me that the other day. It's funny we were talking about this today because someone's like, you must have a ton of stories about people you've interviewed. You never talk about 
your time on the radio or people that you've talked yeah, about. I don't, I don't talk about this stuff very often. I never talk about it either. So it's kind of fun going down memory lane. Thanks for doing it with me today. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually had somebody ask me about you the other day and, and I was trying to explain you to somebody um, and more about how you are on social media. And, and I'm like, well, I don't really have an answer for that, but I have, it was just that you're very aggressive and that you jump into these waters uh, and these topics without, with abandon, like, and you're in there, right. And you do get very hyper-focused on certain things. And, and I was like, that's Dean, like that's, he's had success in his life by being able to navigate difficult conversations and um, I think it was another person you blocked, which the list is many. And they were trying to figure out what this, this happens about once a month, once every two weeks, I get somebody that wants to say something to you that you've blocked one. They want you to unblock them so that they can defend the position that they had that you, you know, for originally blocking them or whatever. But we were going back and forth on, uh, on Twitter, on DM. And I was like, I, I think, Dean is that guy what's that I don't care no I know know, you're like you're like hey this person wants to talk to you I don't I I don't know you and if I'm not going to interact with you it's my prerogative well I'll block anyone and everyone I have to if I want to I have stopped sending you hey this person wants to wants to you know you to unblock with you yeah (laughs) so what I usually do is I just say hey listen Dean does what he does I like he's his own man. I don't have any control over who he blocks and doesn't sure. block. You're you're on your own. But thanks for wasting my fucking time on that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but I was trying to explain you, but the point of my conversation is yeah. is I think you are the type of personality that um that when you when you find when you feel strongly about something, you have no problem letting the world know about it. And I, I don't know. That's, I think that's, that's, that's a bit of a blessing and a bit of a curse. And I mean, you live with that. Right. And that's, that has been your career. As long as I've known about, I knew I've known about you way before I became friends with you and way before I was started doing this podcast with you. And I was always impressed by your ability to jump in to some of those waters where like, I've even, you and I've even talked about it where you've, you've listened to the show and you've suggested I don't know. You could have gone harder on that lock where I have this little, like there's this stop. I go, I go, I don't okay, have that that's enough. No. No. You don't, you <laughs> plow over it. Well, you-, you know what it is? It's fear, right? Like, and, and, and I will tell you that I have none of it. Like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says to me. Like we live in a world where everybody's so deathly afraid of being canceled. I am legitimately uncancelable because I've been canceled already. Um, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I don't control my reputation. And I know that everybody else should fucking do better by themselves by understanding that. Right. So when I put something out, I deliberate, believe it or not, before I do it, no matter what it is, if it's a conversation, if it's a tweet, I want to make sure that I'm doing two things. Is this a good character? Is my doing something right for the majority of people? When I put this out, is it funny? Is it interesting? Is it factual? All those things. So if someone tells me that I'm wrong after much deliberation to be right, and it comes with the word pedo, groomer, woke, cuck, any of those things, it, it's zero. It doesn't even register. 
And so I'm, there's no conversation to be had there. When someone gets personal, yeah. there's no conversation to be had there. So I block with impunity. I don't reply to people. <laughs> I don't care. This isn't a conversation. I'm not trying to have a conversation with a couple hundred thousand people online on Twitter. I'm not trying to have a conversation with a few thousand people on Facebook. I'm not trying to have a conversation with 10, 12,000 subs on YouTube. I'm not. I'm not. We come here and we put the best of our values in our conversations online. And if someone wants to listen to it, they can. And if they don't, they don't. And if it affects them positively, great. But I'm not, I, I don't submarine people for the sake of just being an asshole, right? Mm -hmm. The things that I put out into the, into the atmosphere are a gift for me to everybody else. Not that I'm some kind of crazy gift or like the Santa of good times. But when I am tweeting something, there's a very deliberate purpose for that. When I'm talking about it, again, very deliberate. And I have deliberated over that deliberateness over a long period of time. And so my whole goal is when I do stuff is like, I'm not going to hurt people with this, but I am going to speak my mind and I am going to have a conversation with myself and I'm going to put the best of myself out there and I'm going to do it unafraid. I'm going to tell you how I feel and I'm going to tell you how I feel based on information that is accurate, based on humor that I think is acceptable. And I know not everybody has the same palate. When someone says to me, I don't like what you said or did, right? That means they have different values than me. That's all that means. And if you're going to tell me that I have to comport to yours and I got to stop being fearless, I will tell you to fuck off like I tell everybody else, or I just won't interact with you because there's no point. Like, what, what, what are we doing here? What are, you, what are you doing here? What is anybody in the content game doing here? Are we, are we here to make other people happy? Are we here to be part of a mob? Or are we here to stand on our own two fucking feet, have an opinion and some values and some virtues that are good for humanity and for us? And are we here to explain those properly? Are we here to put that out into the world? Because anything outside of that, legitimately, dude, stopped mattering to me years ago. Other people's opinion on my values, other people's opinion on my words, other people's opinion on my actions. If I am comporting myself in a good manner, if I'm making good decisions for the people around me, if I'm making good decisions for me, if I'm making the world a little bit of a better place around me and someone says that's wrong, I don't care. I don't care. But those decisions to say and do those things are based on my values. And everybody out there is chasing a wave. You notice that they're chasing like a social media wave yeah. or a clickbait yeah. wave or like an anti-LGBTQ wave just so they can feel like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not a bad person because other people feel like this. And then they jump in with the mob. Then they get involved in that wave. Then that wave crashes into a rock like me. And then that wave dissipates. And then another wave comes in and it crashes into a rock. Somebody or something they cannot justify or a, a conversation that they know nothing about. And they get all angry. And they go, mm -hmm. you're an elitist because you don't No, I just legitimately don't care because at the age of 50, I'm a hundred percent comfortable knowing that a, I don't have all the answers, but the answers that I do find are very important to me and I will share them with you and B your opinion on me or what you have to say about me or issues in the world have zero bearing on my life. Like none mm -hmm. zero bearing on my life. Think about that for a second. Yet we sit here on social media and we do it in radio. You do the same thing. You just talked about it where we go. Well, I'm not going to do that because that'll get this response from this group over here. And I don't want that response because it's a yeah. negative response. Fuck. I live for that negative response. If I'm right, live for it. I look for it. Dude, I troll for it. So mm -hmm. that is how I feel when you talk to other people. 
how I feel is here's who I am. I do what's right for me and the people around me on a daily basis, yeah. values and virtues. And I will live those unabashedly every day. And there's nothing anybody out there on Twitter, social media, part of any media group. There is no Canada proud, no rebel news, no true North that is going to threaten me or scare me or sue me into silence. Like fucking ever. I have no fear of court. I've got no fear of death. I've got no fear of being harassed, dude. I've been harassed and threatened. I've been sued. All of those things for what? For telling the truth, telling people how I feel trying to tell people to get vaccinated, trying to tell people to be nice to each other, trying to tell people not to worry about what other people are doing, trying to tell people that Pierre Polyev is an asshole, trying to tell people that we are we live in a media ecosystem of lies and be careful with what you read because you cannot trust this from these people and you get called a pedo and a groomer. Dude, it is water off a duck's back. It doesn't matter to me because I know those people, A, are not real, or B, they are so fucked up in the head to have that kind of response that I feel sorry for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I legitimately feel sorry for them at this point. So that's how I feel. I wish you would have explained that in a different shirt. <laughs> Me too. Because that's a horrible shirt if we're being honest. <laughs> All those flowers and shit. It's hard to I know this. you're just new in this relationship with this young lady, but I don't know. <laughs> that made you, me laugh. You had to break it up, didn't you? You're like me. You're like, it's got too serious. I got to make a joke. I got to insult somebody real quick because it's hot. I feel hot right now. Yeah. Can't be I too need to talk to your long. girlfriend about your yeah. clothes. I That'll think never that's happen. the next step in this relationship. That'll never happen. You and I. That'll okay. never happen. All right. Dude, I great know. to see you today. That was a good one. That was fun. Uh, by the way, if anybody asks me why you blocked them, I'm just going to send them a link to this podcast. So <laughs> please do. just, just listen to this. I don't have time for this. I just like, he's a complicated individual. Just, yeah, I don't care. No, it's just towards say, the end. All you have to do is say, Hey dude, Dean doesn't care. He's not, he's doing what he does. It's yeah. not up to you. Yeah. Go about with your day. Email, tweet some other people. Not Dean. I love your work, buddy. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. Right. Lockman Cross, 957 Cruise FM in Edmonton. He's a morning show host. Very good man. I believe all that as well. I do. So concerned, aren't we, with other people? So concerned with what they think. That we don't try. We don't put the best of ourselves out there. We don't take chances or risk having a negative experience. Those negative experiences are going to teach you how to handle those people, though, and those experiences, no matter what you say or do. It's just good advice for everybody. Embrace those. Yeah. No fear. Live that way. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, and a special thank you to our friends and partners at Cantork for making this possible. Rugged, hardworking torque wrenches. That's what they make. Canada's leading industrial tool experts, the very best in sales service, rentals, calibration, maintenance, and this is important, custom fabrication of industrial torque tools. If you have a bolting solution that requires an industrial torque tool application, they have every solution from design to maintenance to manufacturing to calibration to distribution. They do it all right here in Edmonton, Alberta. Canada. 
Go to cantork.com, brand new website. He's got a great podcast as well. If you want to become a distributor, again, cantork.com. Check out all their one, one-stop shop solutions, tool rentals, calibration services, repairs to custom fabrication, and distribution opportunities. Cantork gives you the complete range of services and products on their website at cantork.com, making them your one-stop destination for all your bolting needs, saving you time, effort, and hassle. They do it for industry around the world, heavy machinery, nuclear, railroad, doesn't matter. These guys do it, and they do it better than anybody else in the world, and they do everything proudly in Canada. Go to cantork.com for more information today. Also, Muse on the Mic, great podcast about the body rub industry and the sex work industry. These are advocates. These are people that own and operate musemassagespa.com. Emily and Riley, they're the hosts. Go to uh, anywhere you get your fine podcast, get museonthemic.com and, uh, or the name of their podcast. They've got a Patreon channel as well, and they'll take you behind the scenes, again, advocating for women in the industry, men and women in the industry. Uh, and they also host uh, one of the most high-end body rub parlors in the entire country, 1290 Finch Avenue West, Unit 13, Toronto, Ontario. Go there today, musemassagespa.com. And again, Muse on the Mic, the name of their podcast. They've got a Patreon podcast, and they get really greasy on the Patreon podcast right because you pay for it they can um or go to crier media crier media's got a podcast site you can go and check them out there as well go and subscribe to that podcast too not done there we're brought to you by getch engineered for any level of performances as well as everyday life these luxury boxer briefs made in canada for canadians uh and listen i want to give you a free pair i know nice of me so does ed go to edsfindimports.com buy three get one free when you use promo code gitch and then the number three at checkout an extra 15 percent off your entire purchase if you give them your email address as well these are the luxury branded boxer briefs that you have been looking for everybody gets a piecemeal their underwear dude this is the only underwear i buy gentlemen made for canadians by canadians in canada uh go to edsfineimports.com check out their selection of underwear gitch premium underwear designed with your movement in mind gitch3 is your promo code get a free pair when you check out when you buy three or more edsfineimports.com have a great day everybody appreciate you being here uh we're back tomorrow no lachlan cross but i'll be here <laughs> maybe you won't then thanks for spending time with us have a great day bye <laughs> I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy democracy is something something you do. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.